Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Cassidy from Richmond. Longtime listener, love your stuff, great podcast. Had a question. Me and my wife actually just finished up saving up about $10,000. Looking to, to see what we can do to make this money work for us. We're looking to purchase a home next year once the housing market swings back a little bit in our favor. And provides unbiased answers. Well, I'm not keen on investing money that's earmarked for a house within the next year or so to the stock market because the stock market is so volatile. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hi, Steve and Justin. It's James from Palm Bay, Florida. I know you're probably sick and tired of talking about Churchill Capital. And to be honest, I wish I never bought the stock. In regard to the deluge of lawsuits filed against the company recently, essentially my questions are... Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 8, 2021. And today's program and podcast, we always start with the same mission statement independent thinking and shared success. And of course, I say that to make sure or try to, you know, let you know that I'm going to give you the facts as I see them, as I look up all the numbers and things on my screens. I have a bunch of software that I use, um, but also, you know, things I read and, and interpretation of what's going on. Uh, and if you listen to the show any length of time, you get a sense of what we can and cannot do. We certainly can't predict where the market is going. Anybody says they can do that. They're lying. There's no way to know the market's going to go up or down. I can give you pretty good probabilities. I can give you patterns. I can give you history. But, you know, to actually predict where the market's going, that's impossible. Just impossible. I'm Steve Peasley, and, of course, I encourage you to contact me. Give me a call. This is a call-in show. You push the show wherever you want it to go. It has to be financial, but we'll go where you take it. So you can call right now. We're live. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So I'm live right now. And the number never changes. It's always the same. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So let's get right to the first question, that caller that called in earlier. Hi, Steve and Justin. It's James from Palm Bay, Florida. I know you're probably sick and tired of talking about Churchill Capital and to be honest, I wish I never bought the stock. But my questions are in regard to the deluge of lawsuits filed against the company recently. Seems like every other article in my E-Trade news feed is another law firm announcing a new class action lawsuit um, against the company. Essentially, my questions are, how common is this? Are these lawsuits legitimate? And how much will the outcome and let alone legal fees affect the bottom line? Thanks. Love the show. Bye-bye. Well, on a company like this, it's going to affect it quite a bit because it's a small, brand-new company that doesn't have a lot of money, obviously. I mean, that's one of the expenses that corporations have to go through, and it's a big expense. Churchill Capital, it's a $449 million stock. It's selling for $9.98 a share. So, uh, you know, it's going to cost them a big chunk of money. 
Uh, it's a blank check company formed to acquire or merge with one or more target businesses. These companies, you need to stay away from them. Stop buying them. Stay away from them. Stay away from IPOs. That at least they're not at least six months old. Stay away from all these blank check companies. Why would you buy one of these? You remember, you're buying a business. It's your money. You're buying a business. This business, this business has no business. They're going to buy something to make a business, but why would you buy it before that happens and before that business they bought made money for a while or had sales or anything? Stay away from these companies. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to tell people. This, you know, it's not a, a company that you should be even thinking about. I don't care how good the story is. Anyways, don't want to beat in the ground, but that's all right. Okay, my focus point today concerns this story. The SEC says it will monitor ongoing volatility in certain stocks. And we all know what those are, GameStop and, and, and uh, AMC. We know. Anyways, we'll talk about that. In January, you know... I, there was, you know, GameStop was just really crazy. We know that. And now AMC. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I don't want to talk about it too much. My trivia question today, focus on some common sense tips with regard to spending decisions you should avoid. Like this stock, Churchill Capital. What a waste of money. Okay, that's my trivia question. Today. And be, I will do with that halfway through the show. Other topics I want to talk about, if we can get to it, jobs opening report. Not the jobs report that came out last Friday. Openings. How many job openings? I want to talk about that. Did you see Bitcoin? I'm not going to talk about it, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. It went from 60000 down to, what, 32000 You see how violent that stock is, the price of the Bitcoin is? Stay away from that. <laughs> You know, if we're talking about investing, Bitcoin is not an investment. Also, maybe we'll talk about GE today. Have they finally come to a point where it might be worth taking a look at? So we'll discuss that. And um, Warren Buffett, did you read that article where he pays one-tenth of one percent in taxes? One-tenth of one percent. Uh-huh. Billionaires, they don't pay taxes. We do. Wage earners are paid taxes. You know, and Warren Buffett wants to, you know, suggesting that they should raise the tax rate. Raise, raise the tax rate. Not on him. And his excuse, one of his excuses is that he gives most of his money away. You know, when he dies, it's all charity, which is great. I love that. But not while he's living. Anyways, we'll talk about those things if we can get to them. The market was up today, nicely. The Dow was up 179. The Nasdaq was up 200. The S&P was up 37. So that's a pretty nice move up today. And it's really, really close of coming out of that uh, correction that it was in. We'll see. The only time, only time can tell us that. We only looking back tells us that. So we're headed into a quick break. But I'll remain here on duty and ready to handle your finance and investment questions. So call InvestDog right now, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? 
Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. This is Charles from Fort Lee. I want to thank you for the wonderful program that you put forth. I think you do a wonderful service for the general community in terms of educating them in the area of finance. My uh, specific question is about Playboy, P-L-Y-B-Y. Now that they're involved in uh, NFTs, do you think that the price between somewhere between 42 and 43 dollars would be a good place to pick this stock up? I look forward to hearing you on the podcast, and thank you again for all you do. Okay, Playboy symbol is PLBY. This is one of the we own this stock in some of our managed accounts, and we got in a pretty good pretty good place we we like the, the the brand name you know and you gotta think differently okay uh than what it used to be um it, it, it's still in that area but that's not it that's not its only area okay a lot of entertainment movies type things uh, different kinds of uh things and it's the i think the stock is undervalued um it's a 1.7 billion dollar stock uh, we took a shot. This is one of our riskier pl- plays in some of our more st- our stock accounts. That we will do that every once in a while. Uh, it's got very good cash flow, a dollar eighteen, but it's a fifty-two dollars seventy cents stock now. So it's kind of pricey at this point. Uh, I don't know if I'd be buying it at, at these high levels. Um, it was only you know what a couple of months ago. I mean, we're talking about it was in the ten dollar range, ten to fifteen dollar range. And here it is at 52 in the last, what, month? So, you know, I don't, it's made its big move. So I think it's too risky to jump into it at this point. My focus point today concerns the story. The SEC is, will be monitoring ongoing volatility in certain stocks. And I'll walk you through the situation here. You know, uh, we've we talked about it on the air, and it's been in the news, GameStop and AMC, GameStop before, AMC before. And the SEC monitors these kinds of movements. Any real strong volatility in any stock, the SEC watches that. It, in other words, it tracks all the trades in those stocks to find out who's making those trades and see if there's in, any insider information going on or manipulation of the stock and it watches very closely don't think it doesn't it does so um so the u.s securities and exchange commission on money says they're keeping a very close monday said they're keeping a clear very close eye on on any wild trading stocks you know uh so don't think that they're not watching because they are now should you do anything about it should you be involved in stocks no if you're if you're if you're a high risk trader, you could, but chances are you'll lose your money. I mean, AMC went up 83 percent last week, last week, and some of the brokerage houses are taking stances. TD Ameritrade, one of the broker house we use, require 100 percent, 100 percent margin requirement. In other words, they won't let you borrow money to buy these stocks. You're going to have your own cash. 
They don't want to be involved with that. So, you know, there are things, you know, that are done or will be done to rein in this kind of volatility. But, you know, it's a free market. It's designed for the stocks to move up and down based on supply and demand of the stock itself, not based on any artificial supports. It's just you and me buying and selling. Now, the problem with that is there can't be any manipulation. And that's what the SEC looks for. Improper manipulation. You can buy it and you can sell it. But you can't, you know, use, let's say, your power of a tremendous amount of leverage because you are a big, uh, big, uh, um, you know, trading house or a mutual fund, hedge fund, and manipulating the stock. They won't allow that. They'll stop you and they'll fine you. They even could shut you down, close you up. So don't think that they're not watching. They're watching. They are. Okay, let's keep things moving so you can get to uh, most out of the podcast. We go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank the question that I, for a question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm calling to ask you about an ETF with the ticker symbol PRN. It has a lot of industrial names within it, and so I bought it back in December, thought it would be a good play in this environment, but it's been trending sideways for a couple of months now. Just wanted to get your evaluation, whether you think it's good to hold on to for a while or to wait to climb up to breaking even point and ditch it for something better. Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing your answer. Take care. I don't think so. I don't. Uh, this is Invesco DWA, DWA Industrials. And it's PRN is a symbol. Exchange Traded Fund ETF performance, uh, seeking performance to correspond to the DWA Industrials Technical Leaders Index. Okay, so why do I say no, I don't think so? Because I think, I, I don't know exactly what's in it, and I'd have to check that out, but it's made a big move from the COVID low, okay? And the last couple of months basically has been moving fairly sideways in a tight range, Okay, it's at one hundred two dollars and fourteen cents. I think that it's that range is probably setting itself up to break out. I think it's either going to break out or break down, but it's moving up now. I think the odds of it breaking out, as it is just above the two hundred day moving average, are higher. And based on the fundamentals of this of the industrials, I think the industrials are going to be on a pretty good. Uh, they're in a pretty good position to take advantage of a recovering world economy. So I think I would stay with it for the time being. I really do. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. So why are why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? I've been doing this radio show podcast for 20, 21, 22 years, something like that. Well, I know you need, everybody needs help, strategy, especially just, you know, a regular person trying to figure this all out. It's difficult. No one helped me. So that's what the show is all about, trying to help you learn. I mean, it, it's hard enough to do it on yourself, to help you deal with the uncertainty in the marketplace. So we're headed into a break, and Invest Talk Anytime Listener Line number is open, 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. Summer is days away. 
Inflation is up. Personal income is down. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. So, you'll have questions for Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. And the Invest Talk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. Okay, so last Friday we had the jobs report, the monthly jobs report, and it came out with disappointing uh, new jobs, right, for the last month, for, for, for May. It was disappointing. Uh, less than they expected. It was like 500,000 something, and they expected 700,000 something. But there's also a companion report that comes right after that, and it was reported today, or maybe yesterday. And it's called the Jobs Opening Report. Now, what's interesting is it was 9.3 million open jobs. Jobs, in other words, uh, companies and looking for employees, and that was a record number. They only started keeping reports since 2000, so the last 21 years, that's a record number. The month before is 8.3 million. So think about this a minute. The official jobs report, now this report goes back to, um, uh, yeah, uh, it goes back one previous month. So we got the job numbers that were 500 and some thousand for the month of May, and this report is for April because they, you know, that takes longer for them to compile it. So in April, There's a huge number of new job openings, and in May, we had a disappointing number of jobs taken. In other words, people going back to work. What is the deal here? There's a disconnect here. Also on this jobs report, it talks about the quit rate. Quit rate is how how many people quit quit a job, they look for another, and it was 11%, which is also a record high. And that is usually read, well, if people are quitting, they feel confident about getting another job. So they're confident. That's a good thing. A high quit rate is a good thing. So so why were new jobs disappointing? Now, one other little factor. Remember ADP, that's a private company, the private payroll company, reported two days earlier last week then the official jobs report that came out on Friday, and two days earlier, they said there were 700-and-something thousand new private sector jobs. The official report includes public sector jobs, and there was only like 550. You see how the numbers are just not logical or matching up or something's different. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. You know, there's a number of jobs, and what... The two reasons they say that there's so many is that you know the skills of these unemployed, the skills are you know are not matching up what the employers want. Well, why don't they train them, hire people, and train them? That's what they usually do. I don't know why they don't. Anyways, so I thought I'd share that with you. Okay. This is the Best Talk, and as I've told you, we get Invest Talk questions from across America and around the world. Here comes a question from a listener in Canada. Hey, hi, Steve and Justin. Good afternoon. Thank you for the wonderful show. This is Sage from Canada. I have a question about the stock GNRC, Generic Holdings. 
The current price is $316. I just looked at all the numbers and looks quite promising. All I'm curious about, uh, what's a good entry point according to you? And what's your other additional suggestions about this stock? GNRC. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, GNRC, everybody. Um, this, uh, I think it's pronounced generic. It's an AC at the end, holdings. Generic, generic. Uh, manufacturers standby power generators, components for residential, oil, gas, industrial, commercial markets. It's a $22 billion company, so it's quite large. Okay, trade on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, I'm just reading some of the numbers here. Um, they're going to make $10.03 this year, which is a 55% increase than la- from last year. And next year, eleven twenty-five, another 12%. The stock is $350 a share, though. So it's $11.25, but it's $350 a share. So you're looking at a, a 30-something PE here. It's not cheap. The range is uh, 10 to 46 in the last 40 years. So it's on the higher end of the range. Turn accuracy is very good at 34%. Um, sales is very good, 70% increase in the most recent quarter. So that's why it's done so well. It's been moving up steadily since 2019. And, of course, they had that little blip in March of last year, which was, you know, the COVID thing. And since then, it's been marching up. I think you're late. I think you're late to the party here. Uh, even though the numbers are still very good, it's now not inexpensive anymore. So... And you can see that it's hesitated here in the last month and a half or so. Had a great day today, up 6% or so. So um, 364 was its high a month and a half ago. It's now at 350. Um, personally, I think you wait. I think a better entry point would be around the 285 or so. That's probably where I would I would be a buyer, down that range. It's just that you don't want to chase performance. Now, as investors, you know it is important to manage your money. But too often, many of us are tempted to do unwise things with our money. I found a sensible list of actions to avoid. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name three or four things you should never do with your money and why? After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call. Any questions are welcome, as long as they're financial, 888-99-CHARGE. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you 
want to use it. Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. already passed the halfway point of the second quarter. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free InvestTalk podcasts. The InvestTalk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So how's everybody? This is Invest Talk, and I'm looking and waiting for your calls. We had a trivia question before the break. So can you name three or four things you should never do with your money and why? So I'm going to run through a short list, see how many of these activities you have failed to avoid. Never buy too much 
company stock. Okay, what is the rule? I've mentioned that rule over and over and over and over on this show. Three to five percent of any one stock of your portfolio. If any one stock, any one company, now I'm not talking about ETFs or mutual funds, stock. Never invest money you can't afford to lose. Remember, the stock market is risky. Don't invest it if you can't lose it. You can lose it. It can go down in value. It can be cut in half. We saw that cut in half, cut 37% last year. That's what the indexes went down. And in 2008, it was down 50%. Now, it came all the way back, but most people mostly can't stick with it. So if you don't put, if you can always think in terms of, well, I might lose all this money, then when you do, you won't panic out when it gets cut in half. Never opt out of your 401k. Never buy a house without looking at the full cost. Never sign a contract you don't understand. You done any of those things, people? Never spend money on things you don't really need. Never spend more money than you earn. You'd be amazed. Every Huge amounts of people, not everybody, but huge amounts of people spend way more money than they earn. Why? You, you, I know everybody wants this a lifestyle that they haven't, they they can't afford. That's why you're you're you've been convinced that that's what you need, and you don't. You're being manipulated. Never pay unnecessary fees. Okay, so those are some of the rules. Should I go into some of the details about those rules? Now, never buy a house without looking at all the full costs. Homeownership isn't about the mortgage payment alone. In fact, there are so many other costs that go along with ownership of the house you know, that you have to think about. Maintenance. Uh, of course, you have the water, gas, electric, but maintenance. You've got to paint the house every so often. You've got to upkeep it. You've got to pay for those things unless you're going to do it yourself. Most people <laughs> don't even consider that. It's very expensive to keep up a house. Well, it can be anyways. Anyways, so that's 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 my talk, that's my answer to the trivia question. There are, there are more tips, by the way. If you send me an email message, I'll send you the link to the story. Let's go to uh, Roger in Austin, Texas. Roger. Hey. Ra- How you doing, Roger? Hey, I'd like to talk about XOM, Exxon. Um what do okay. you think about current prices and uh, price accrued right now and also the board shakeup? Just like to hear your opinion on these. Well, the, I think the market likes it because Exxon's been moving up pretty decently for the last month or so. Uh, let's see. I don't, let me get a better chart here. Let me see how long. Well, actually for several months back to uh, the last year, end of last year. Um I think, and I'm sure you've heard me and everybody's heard me talk about commodities in general. And, of course, oil is a commodity. We own Exxon and several of our managed accounts because I like the 5.6% dividend. And uh, oil prices are have been firming up and going up. Uh, so I kind of like ExxonMobil. Do you own it or do you want to buy it, Roger? I currently own an outsized position. I recently, um, today actually, uh, cut a third of it because it was going up. So I wanted to sell into strength, but I'm just wondering if yeah, I should continue. That's a good holding. idea. I, I would continue holding, but cut down the position like you did. I think that's a smart thing to do because it's had a really nice run. 
it is starting to hesitate up in the eighty uh, the sixty two dollar area where it is now. Starting to hesitate between sixty and sixty five. So I think taking some profits off the table at this level, if you have more than you should, is a smart idea. But I still would hold on to it. I would. We're going to hold on to it. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Roger. That was on Exxon Mobil. XOM is the symbol. I didn't explain what they do because I don't think I have to. I mean, one of the world's largest oil companies. Okay, you're listening to Invest Talk, and I thank you. I really do. Next, I've got a question that's, that we seem to get almost every week. But we are always adding new listeners, so I will play it here. This came in on our Anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Cassidy from Richmond. Long-time listener. Love your stuff. Great podcast. Had a question. Me and my wife actually just finished up saving up about $10,000. Looking to, to see what we can do to make this money work for us. We're looking to purchase a home next year once the housing market swings back a little bit in our favor. So just curious, you know, should I do bonds, CDs, index funds? Should I diversify, split up to $10,000? How should I play this? Looking forward to your answer. Hope to hear it on the podcast. Thanks. Well, I'm not keen on investing money that's earmarked for a house within the next year or so to the stock market, because the stock market is so volatile. Okay, I can't tell you what it will be a year from now. So I would suggest that you be more cautious with that money if it's a house money. And I would probably just use, you know, a, to, you know what I can best I could get at a, on a CD, or you can do a short-term bond fund, ultra short-term bond fund, I should say, ultra short-term bond fund. But actually, I think you might do better with a CD even though the rates are pretty bad. Why? Because even a short, ultra short-term bond fund, they might give you a better yield, but if interest rates start to rise, and I think they will be in a year, uh, that means the net asset value, even the ultra short bond fund will go down a little bit. So it'll eat into that little bit of return you're getting. So there's not a good... The Federal Reserve and the federal government has made it certain that you cannot make any money if you want to be very conservative. They made it, they, they, they did it on purpose. Why? Why? Because of the debt we've been putting on. They certainly don't want to pay more debt down the road. They certainly would like inflation so it can, you know, inflate some of our debt to a lower future cost. So, uh, and, so we are definitely certain to have lower rates for a while, but I do think we have, we will be facing some pressure if the economy recovers well and we start seeing more and more inflation which we've seen a spike in it not out of control yet but they're they're going to have to think long hard about starting to tighten up money supply and that means interest rates will start to go up i don't think they're going to raise the rates but they may push rates up the 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 public may push rates up simply because the fed will start to tighten money supply and there's, you know, I'm sure Justin's talked about it, and I can talk about it more if you want. But you need to ask me. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, GE. I just, I'm not recommending GE. This is not a recommendation for GE, okay? Either to buy or sell it. But GE has been, used to be, you go back 10, 20 years ago, GE was like, the most solid stock to buy and it was in everybody's portfolio because they paid a dividend and constantly earned money all the time. It was very consistent. And then, of course, 2008 came by, came by 
turns out that GE got really heavy in mortgages and everything. Because and it turns out that they were buying all these other businesses that really didn't was not part of their core business. So now for the last several years, GE is trying to refocus. And, you know, I'm thinking, is it time to take a look at GE? You know, um, well, remember, they were going to refocus on power and aviation, that big aviation division and power generating division. Um, And... They got rid of their light bulb division. They got rid of their biotech division, their oil fields, gas units. They got rid of that. Uh, um, they merged their um, their uh, leasing with another company, took the money that they took, made from that to pay down debt, trying to pair their debt more and more and more. So I'm just saying it looks like they're doing taking all the steps in the right direction to become another to become healthy again. Now, they also announced a one for eight reverse split, trying to move their price up. The price of GE you know, right now is $13 a share, $13.90. Did you know that the U.S. stock market, if it goes, the, the, uh, the New York Stock Exchange, if the stock goes below $5, that they are required, the stock is required to keep it above $5 a share? Did you know that? I think it's still $5. I haven't looked it up in a long time. So anyways, I just think I'm not ready to consider buying GE because their sales are still going down and because they're cutting divisions. And But it seems to me that they might be on the cusp of finally looking better. Now, the stock went way below 6 and it's now 1390 So they've made a pretty huge comeback. But a couple of years ago, it was trading in the $30 range. So... Anyways, on almost every podcast, I like to take a minute or two to talk about what we do at investtalk.com, kppfinancial.com. Investtalk is our radio show division, but, you know, um, and KPP Financial is the company that manages the money for people. And, you know, we've talked about it before many times. We we talk about uh, parallel investing, which means I buy the same thing for myself as I do for the clients. Justin does too in all the programs. Um, uh, we try to emphasize that all our guidance is unbiased. We don't buy or we're not beholding to some other party, some big company or anything like that. You'd be surprised how many re- investment advisors are beholden to some other third party. Or a lot of registered investment advisors actually don't manage money. They gather the money and give it to a third party party who manages it but everything comes through them, so it looks like they're managing it, and they're not. Very common. So if you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'll do it for free. We don't mind that. Many, many of registered investors will do that for free. Almost all of mine know they'll do it for free. But we'll, we'll provide unbiased guidance, and we'll actually help you. You don't have to be a client. We'll help you. And, we, of course, we can't manage it without you being a client of ours, but we can certainly point you in the direct direction and tell you what we think is wrong with your portfolio and and how you can improve it if you want to do it yourself. We'll do that. We do it for free. We want to do it. We like helping people. I like helping people. I'm at a stage where I can do that. So it's very freeing that I can do that. I don't have to worry about it. Anyways, next up, unless we uh, get a live call, we will play a question that came in earlier. That's next in one minute. 
Phone lines are open. There is good news. Invest Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So, in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, Steve Justin. I was just wondering if you could take a look at stock ticker BTI. Thank you. British American Tobacco, ADR, because it's out of Britain. Okay, so it's an ADR, American Depository Receipts, meaning it's a foreign company traded on our exchange. That's what that means. British American Tobacco, ADR, ADR, American Depository Receipts. What that means is they deposit a bunch of tra- bunch of shares of stocks with a bank here in the United States, and that bank sponsors them in the public domain on the New York Stock Exchange. It's a UK-based maker of tobacco products, over 200 brands worldwide. And we own BTI in a couple of our managed accounts. One of the main reasons is it pays a 7.5% dividend. Really like that dividend, 7.5%. And it's been consistent about it. The Ford PE is 8. And the range, five-year range for British BTI, British Tobacco, the five-year range for their PE range is 6 to 21. And it's at 8. Return equity is 12%. So it's a very healthy company. It's not doing a lot. It hasn't moved up tremendously at all. I don't really expect their growth rate is, what, 2%? I mean, very slow, right? Um, um, but they've been kind of, for a year, they're, they're, they're higher than they were a year ago. They were low at the low on the COVID thing. It was $31.60. They're at $39.62. It does not move a lot. But that's not why you're buying it. You're buying it for what do you think I'm going to say? 7.5% dividend yield. You'll get 7.5% return on your money. I like it. Buy it when it's cheap, which would be low 30s, and just hold on to it. Collect the dividends. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, I, I mentioned at the top of the show Warren Buffett, uh, Pays one-tenth of one percent, according to a research paper, in, in taxes. One-tenth of one percent. Now, he, of course, says, well, I'm giving my money away, which is a great thing, and we should be very happy. But he also, at the same time, that part doesn't worry me. You know, it even doesn't bother me that he pays one-tenth of one percent. What it, what, when it bothers me is when it gets political about it. That's when it starts to bother me where he says he should raise the tax on the rich. He wants to raise the tax on the rich, but not him. That's what bothers me. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. Get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. 
Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I wanted to talk about Tenneco, T-E-N. They were recently a five-star pick with Morningstar, so I went ahead and invested in them. They ran up a bit, but at about 30%, I decided to check their fundamentals. And lo and behold, uh, earnings per share is negative. Their return on equity is just terrible. And I decided to pull out. Now, an hour after I sold most of my position, the stock jumped 10%, literally, in a, or 11%, literally, within an hour or two. Can you guys give me some information? Why is it a five-star pick with Morningstar, and yet the fundamentals look bad? Any information would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Bye-bye. Because the fundamentals don't look bad. That's why. Whatever information you got, that losing 44 cents a share in 2020 is the wrong thing to look at. You don't look backward. You look forward. 2021, they're going to make $3.81. 2022, the estimate is $4.78 a share. That's a $20 stock. That's a 5 PE. So the fundamentals, you've got to make sure when you're looking at a company, you're looking at the forward estimates, not what they actually already earned, because that's already built into the price. Everybody already knows that. It's what they think they're going to earn in the future that you have to focus on. And then look at the growth of sales in the future. What is the trend now? I mean, right now, the most recent quarter, they made their sales increased 23%. Before that, the quarter before that, they increased 12%. The quarter before that, they lost, shrank 1%. You see, so you look, okay, now you look at forward, sales growth is accelerating, earnings growth is accelerating, earnings per share is accelerating, so what's not to like about the company? And so your decision-making was wrong. Don't sell the company just because it moved up. You need to do more research. Why is it moving up? Why is it, you know, before it jumped up 10%, why was it moving up before that? Because it was. Why? What's going on with the company? And I think if you would have dug a little deeper, you would have found that there was some pretty good news about this company. You combine that with the fundamentals are improving dramatically when you thought that there was not. See, and then you, you would have made a different decision. And this is not, this is not uncommon. Because it's hard. this is you have to learn the language of investing, and it's hard. It's it's a the language of investing is always in the future. That's the hard part. Anyway, thank you for the call. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Talking about uh, trying to look at fundamentals. Bitcoin. I've talked about cryptocurrency. I've said I think cryptocurrency is here to stay, but there's just no way to know how much any any uh, cryptocurrency is worth. We don't know how to evaluate it. You know, there's no way to evaluate it at this point. All we can look at is the history of its trading price-wise, okay? Bitcoin recently went from $60,000 per coin to 32000 cut in half. This is not an uncommon move for Bitcoin. 
It's not going to be an uncommon move for any of these because there's no way to say, okay, here's a floor. Here's, you know, it makes this much money, so it must be worth this much at the very least. We have no way to do that. We have no way to judge it. So please stay away from that unless you really want to pay, play the roulette wheel the, of, of, of investing. That would be investing in these kinds of things. They have no way to value them. So my suggestion is just to stay away from cryptocurrencies for the time being. When a government or several governments or some kind of official governmental entity, like let's call the EU or a, a, a cabal of a bunch of big countries, come up with their own cryptocurrencies, then you can have some faith in that currency because it's backed by the, a particular government or government body. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our show. It's a free podcast downloads. So what we do is cut out all the commercials, and we just give you the, the, the most important parts, okay? So get your InvestTalk downloads free at Google Play, uh, iTunes, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. You can browse by our the podcast by topics if you like. You do it 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasure yields, real estate, growth stocks versus value something. You can we'll try to be as flexible as possible. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.